We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Good, thanks Richard. Good morning to everybody. Great to see you. Well, of course I can't see you, but I'm looking forward to the time when, uh, when we can be together and uh, we can actually see one another and uh, enjoy what we have been used to. Okay, well, some years ago, uh, there was one of the guys that was with us and he was going off on a, some training thing. And we were required to uh, give some sort of answers and questions, including uh, a list of his strengths and weaknesses. And two of us in leadership sat down with the relevant paper and we, we filled in his strengths and his weaknesses. Uh, there was other things as well, but that, they, they were the primary things that we had to do. We compared notes. So that's interesting. We both put down the same things for strengths and we both put down the same things for weaknesses. And actually, we put down the same things. In other words, his strengths were his weaknesses. You may have discovered that. Uh, often that is the case. I think um, that's the case with us. You know, we're pretty good at sort of hanging in, keeping going, making it happen, uh, dependable. That's our strength. But our weakness is something rather similar. We're kind of, yeah, we're, we, we're doing it, we keep going. We're, but demonstrations of enthusiasm or excitement, well, for some, some of you are better at it than, than some of us, but our strengths are our weaknesses. What I want us to look at today is a vital ingredient that God's got for us that we need to engage in at this time. You know, it's very interesting that in spite of lockdown and all the restrictions and things we've had, there's possibly, I think, more people tracking towards us in some form or another through the various outreaches and connections that we've had, more people than perhaps ever before actually tracking towards us. That's exciting, but it also raises a particular area that I want to address us to today. And I want you to understand that this is not about uh, a time to try harder or do better or come on chaps, every, uh, every hand to the plough as it were. This is about receiving an equipment from God to enable us to function along with what he's doing at this time. I'm, I kind of like to call it a secret ingredient that helps to integrate people because that's what we're really talking about, connecting, integrating, bringing into the family. Now, we know that no one comes to Christ except the Spirit of God draws them. It's there in the Bible. But we also have to recognise that if people are coming, if people are moving in that way, 
God is at work and we want to work where he's working. So I want to draw your attention to, to three things uh, that are kind of connection points. First of all, and we'll, we'll use some stories from the Bible because uh, the Bible is there for God to speak to us. It's not just stories of things that happened in the past, but it tells us that everything there is for our instruction, our edification, our comfort. It's a living word. It has relevance. God speaks to us so often through his word. So the first thing that I want to mention is relationship. Remember, Andrew first fetched his own brother. His brother was Peter. Let's think about that. Let's unstack that a little bit. First of all, yeah, that's fairly obvious, using a connection that you already had. It's his brother. Using something to build on. Now, we can have many connections. It can be a mutual interest. It can be a relationship. It can be a member of the family. It can be somebody that... It's the one that God uses that's, a, that's important. You could also say that because it was his brother, he had an opportunity. But if he discovered something good, he also had an obligation. Yeah, we can't put this as a law. But our hearts are naturally turned towards those that we have some relationship with, some family member. And I think where there is a connection, we've got to think, hmm, has God, whether it's a family member or through any other means, yeah, did that just happen by chance? Or has God not only given us an opportunity, but with that we have an obligation? I think that's probably what Andrew had with Peter. Interestingly, if you think about that story, Peter had initially gone to see John the Baptist. And it was Andrew that actually went and met with Jesus first. Wasn't it interesting? Peter went for something else, but ended up meeting Jesus. How many of us could identify with that? We came for something else. We had a need, or we had a friend, or there was an interest. And we came... And then we met Jesus. He came back. He said, we found the Messiah. He said, I found the Messiah. Now, thankfully, he wasn't English. Yeah, so I found the Messiah. Um, might be interesting. Can you imagine that? He came back, found the Messiah. There was something that was stirring in him. You can't whip it up. That don't work. That just, it's just hollow. But if it's real, and if it's something that's meaningful, I've found something that's good. I've found, in this instance, the Messiah. You see, I think we need that level of enthusiasm, uh, life, excitement, to properly communicate. Found Jesus. Of course, 
Just enter into this a little bit. Andrew, at that point, as he was introducing his brother, had no idea how God was going to use his brother. Do wonder, don't you, that in following years, he might have stood back and thought, wow, I had the privilege of introducing him. Look how God is using him in such a remarkable way. So relationship, very important. Then another story, Revelation. Let's look at John chapter 4. This is the story of Jesus meeting the woman at the well. And he begins a discourse with her and then begins to reveal things that he couldn't have known. Operating, obviously, in the power of the Holy Spirit with words of knowledge and revelation. This revelation so gripped the woman, she goes back to her village uh, and come meet a man. This is different. This man knows. And she comes with a situation, this, this could be the Messiah. Can you imagine the communication with enthusiasm and excitement in that situation? Have we had revelation? We don't just know a story about Jesus. For many of us, we've come to meet him. We know what it is to experience his presence. This takes us way beyond just facts. It comes, brings us into a place of experience and feeling. So we have revel revelation. And as God opens the door, we have relationship either already existing or as he directs us. Let's take one more. Another important ingredient, testimony. Remember the man that was healed? I mean, a strange situation. Remember Jesus spat on the ground, made a bit of mud, put it on the man's eyes and then go and wash in the pool. And of course, this got the religious people riled up and they're always looking to cause... Uh, Conflict and problems. Because what we're talking about has nothing to do with religion. It has to do only with relationship to Jesus himself. And then they came to him in the end and, and he said, who is this? He said, I, 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 whether he be a sinner or not, all I know is once I was blind and now I can see. You see, there's something about testimony. Nobody can actually take away your personal experience. You can argue or dis debate about all sorts of things. How do you know he's alive? How do you know he's raised? Well, I had an experience. He talks with me and I talk to him. This is something beyond facts and figures. This is about a supernatural experience. Relationship, Revelation and testimony. Yeah, once I was blind, but now I can see. 
doesn't sound like that, does it? Well, of course, we're English culturally. We take our pleasures seriously. But actually, we're no longer English. We're kingdom people. We're no longer limited to the natural, even to natural culture. And if we come before God, and if we see that these possibilities of relationship, of revelation, of testimony, living things, and together with that, get refreshed with the enthusiasm and excitement, we have discovered a secret ingredient to help people in their journey as they track towards us. And at this time, brothers and sisters, this is what we need. Remember, we've always said there's a, there's a kingdom principle. Where we see God working, we work. We use that little phrase, when it's raining, we pray for rain. When we see God doing something. Now, this doesn't just extend to the people that are tracking towards us. We'll talk more about this another time. But in developing the very things, yeah, we've been restricted and we've done well, but we're looking for the time for restrictions to end so that we can actually be more expressive. And what a time to develop the model of loving one another so that all men we know, will know that we are his disciples. I want us to look at maybe one or two other stories in this same area so that we get a grip. And then we're going to pray because this is not about trying harder. This is not about doing more. This is about something that we experience that overflows from us. Let's turn to the story of the lost sheep in Luke 15. It's just a story about a shepherd leaves the 99 to go over after the one that's missing. Let's think about the lost sheep, the one that's outside the flock. Somebody who's lost is lost to God. That's a pretty awful place to be. <coughs> lost, this sheep was lost from the flock, not having the opportunity to be part of the family of God not having that fellowship and even lost to their self, alone, not having that support and comfort. comfort. Let's think about the shepherd. See, these stories, these parables were for us to learn from, to understand the horror of being lost to God and lost from being part of the flock, though, or the body of Christ, and lost in self. Then the shepherd. point here is the shepherd values that sheep to the point that he leaves the 99 and searches. This is not about, well, I've got 99, this is my nice flock, I'm happy here. But something is demonstrated that says, no, I must leave these and search values that sheep and goes and brings the sheep home 
home a place of safety, a place of security, and goes beyond that, calls his friends, calls the community to rejoice with him. That's how much it matters. And that is part of what God gives us. Who are the lost sheep? Who are the lost sheep that are tracking towards us? Who are the lost sheep that we know in our workplace, in our family, in our neighbourhood? What is God saying to us at this time in that? What would motivate us, like the shepherd, to find the lost sheep, to reach out to somebody that's outside? You see, tell you something that's never going to do it. Me or anybody else saying, you ought to do this, you must do this. Because if we do it under compulsion, we don't do it under the anointing and the direction and the stirring. I think what the Bible calls it is Jesus first being moved with compassion. That's what we're coming to him for. Let's look at one more story. This is Luke 19, the story of Zacchaeus. If you remember, Zacchaeus was uh, well known in society or actually well disliked in society. But think of the cost that was involved for Zacchaeus in actually getting to see Jesus. Remember the story, he was a small man in order to see because of the crowd he had to go and climb up a tree. Hardly quite the thing for somebody of his status to be doing. He had to overcome the fact that he was unacceptable, overcome the culture. See, already he's all begun to pay a price. People that are moving towards and being drawn towards the kingdom of God, in many cases have already had to and are paying a price. But here comes the joy. He just wanted to see Jesus. Didn't have any expectation much beyond that. Just thought, maybe it was curiosity. But Jesus saw Zacchaeus. That's what the story tells us. He looked up and saw him. Jesus, when he sees somebody, he's not a casual observation. He's setting his sights upon them. I wonder who he's setting his sights upon. I wonder if we could tune into that. Remember, in a situation like that, God has already started to draw, like the people that are tracking towards us. It doesn't happen out of a natural thing. If they're tracking towards us, tracking towards God, God is already at work and he sees them. Now Zacchaeus, he had a pretty low expectation. He certainly never thought of Jesus noticing him. Maybe just curious. How many of us started off like that? Maybe our friend invited us to something and yeah, all right, we'll come. Or maybe something else caused us to, to have an interest. Maybe not much beyond being curious. But Jesus noticed him and he notices those who he's reached, reaching out for and died for. I wonder, just as we're thinking about that story, 
Do you have a Zacchaeus? Somebody that think, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if God is stirring something there. Lord, is there something that I can do to help that person be integrated into your family? Something worth thinking about. So compassion, compassion that motivates enthusiasm is a work of the Spirit. We can't drum it up. I can't stand here saying, you ought to have it. It would never work. What I can say is this is what God wants us to have. This is how God wants us to be. And therefore, we're in a good place to say, Lord, I want a new measure. Compassion expressed in enthusiasm, excitement. You know when something stirs in you, there's an anticipation, an expectation. See, we want that by the Spirit. It's never going to be achieved by applying people to lists of names. This has got to be a heart thing. I'm just thinking about this. When uh, Nathan and Judy got married, uh, Richard Cole was in the country, and of course he, he came to be part of that. i never forget, we're driving home, it was just Dawn and myself and Richard Cole in the car. I don't know I've ever seen Richard Cole so excited. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good to see Nathan get married. But it was beyond that. He saw something beyond just a wedding. He saw something that God was doing. And, it, and, and there was a commitment in his heart. There was a compassion in his heart. There was something that stirred that it's the most excited I ever saw him. That's how I think God wants us to be. A sense of enthusiasm, excitement as we reach out in his purpose. There is joy in serving Jesus. So it's not about trying harder. It's about inviting God to do something inside us which causes compassion, motivation, motivation, enthusiasm. Brothers and sisters, we have opportunity. This is never going to work by a system. It will work by love and compassion, resulting in excitement, enthusiasm. Never about trying harder. We may come up with some particular ways and ideas. God often does that. I was um, <coughs> recently hearing some stories goes back a number of years. <coughs> Talking just about reaching out, connecting, into, integrating. I think it was Hannah Hilton. When she first came to the meeting, I'm assuming that Vivian Fitch was on stewarding. I, I don't know the details of the story. But I remember that she, she was greeted and said, oh, do you know, no, I don't know anybody. 
well, let me find somebody sort of in your age group you can sit with. That meant so much. You said, well, it was just, yeah, just a little thing. It's the little things that God takes and blesses and multiplies. See, Jesus' requests for help are always genuine. It allows people to serve. See, coming back to the story of the woman at the well, he was thirsty, he was hot, he was tired, he needed a drink. It was a genuine request, it wasn't a made-up thing. In order for the feeding of the 5,000, he needed some bread and fish. Somebody gave. We give the little thing that we have. We pick up the thing that God says. The boy gave his lunch. The woman was ready to give the drink. All he requires is a people that's willing to give what we have, stirred by compassion, ready to be aware, tuned in to these opportunities. And then, because our hearts get stirred, you know what happens? When you invest in something, when you give, something happens. Uh, it's like, you don't think, oh, well, I've done that now. But there's a desire to pursue, to, to give more or to respond more or to reach out more. So there is a necessary necessary first step of connecting this is not about well I'm not that sort of person. this is about are you God's person are you willing to serve him would you like him to touch your heart to bring an enthusiasm and excitement maybe you don't carry that so much these days see in Isaiah chapter 12 talks about drawing water from the well of salvation with joy. It's in the plan of God that we can, if you like, be refreshed, be topped up. It's not about trudging along. Connect, be warm, continue, stick with it. Not because you have to, but because God stirs something in your hearts. Where am I going? Well, where I said we were going. We have opportunity before us. What we need is not, you must do it, try harder. What we need is something that stirs within. Something that creates, first of all, an excitement of this great salvation, something that we want to share. Come, this could be the Messiah. Then the ability, the anointing to integrate and to be used by God. Maybe to give a cup of water, maybe to share the lunch, maybe to catch or fetch our brother, somebody that we already have a connection with, a relationship, maybe to share a testimony. You know what? I don't know all the theology and arguments and that. This one thing I know. 
I know him. My life has been changed. Or the revelation. You've seen something and you can share it. We're going to come. Um, Mark's going to come and we're going to maybe take a, take a song. Mark, you've got a song. Uh, I just want us to take a little time to wait on God. And this will only... <laughs> Actually, there's a principle here, guys. You have to ask. You have to ask. It's the principle of confession of need. But let's ask with an expectation of receiving. Lord, as we come before you, we've looked at your word. We dare to believe, Lord, that there's something that you want to impart by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, for each one now that asks, that each one that comes before you and says, yes, I want that excitement again. I want that enthusiasm. I want, Lord, to be contagious because enthusiasm is contagious. Lord, will you do, will you touch my heart afresh? Lord, let let it be that I can draw water with joy from the wells of salvation that I might be one who is anointed by you to integrate, to reach others for the glory of your name. Thanks, Mark. So that was our opportunity to respond to what God was saying, what John was saying. But let's not just leave it there. Let's continue to respond. John said that it's all about asking God, and that's what we were just doing. Let's continue to ask God throughout our week. The day will come when restrictions will be lifted. And at that point, I believe that God has a whole load of sheep for us, a whole load of of lost sheep that he wants us to find. And we were all in that position. We were all lost sheep once. And I think with that, we want to be ready. We don't want to be at that point and then trying to catch up with what God's doing. We want to get into that position now. John spoke about the woman at the well. And can you just imagine what she would have said, the enthusiasm she would have had, that compassion after meeting Jesus once, what she'd have gone out and done. And we, we did a play about that a few years ago. But what she'd have said, what, whatever Jesus said to her, the details of it, it would have touched her in such a way. Relationship, testimony, revelation, they were the key points from what John was saying. Relationship. What relationships has God given to you? Who's he connected you with? Who's around you? Our testimony, that thing, what God has done for us. No one can ever take that away from us. And finally, revelation. That's our experience. And we're called, we're called to live out of that overflow. This enthusiasm, this, this compassion, it comes out of an, of an overflow of knowing him, of experiencing him. And we want God to continue doing that, not just on a Sunday, but throughout the week. So let's see what God does there. We're coming towards the end of the meeting now. We're going to have prayer. It's an opportunity for you to respond further, have someone stand with you if you want someone to support you in something. I believe the link was put in the email and it should be coming up in the chat now. We're going to head over to breakout rooms in a minute. But there was something that really struck me this week. I was reading Romans and Paul takes the t- and they take the time to, to greet everybody as individuals. There's a huge list of names of people that he's greeting. It really struck me that how important that is. 
And I think that's kind of what these breakout rooms are, where we can't really greet everybody properly. This is an opportunity to, to say to one another, hello, to greet each other, those people that we don't regularly see. It's not just a gamble to see who you get put in a room with, but it's a chance to do exactly what they were doing in that letter and saying hello, greeting each other. So an opportunity is going to come up for you, the button's going to come up and you can join a breakout room and there's also prayer available. Otherwise, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK. Thank you.